Shall we pray? Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for bringing about a revival in our hearts. Thank you for renewing us by your spirit. This morning, Lord, I pray that you will give us the spirit of revelation. We pray for the spirit of revelation, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you that you will speak to somebody today. And somebody's life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you are once again welcome to our live experience online. I would like to encourage you to share this service, um, you know, on your page, in many groups that you can, you know, maybe that you are affiliated to. Let's pass the word around. Hallelujah. Make sure, and make sure that all the teachings that you receive every single Sunday, that you take time during the week to listen to them again. I would like to really commend those of you that are doing that. And I want to say it is showing in your life because it takes a lot of words to change a world. So as you are receiving these words, every single, you might think nothing is happening, but Jesus told us that the seed is the word. So when God's work starts in your life, it starts in a seed form. But if you keep at it, over time, you will see a mighty tree rising from there. So we are in this series, praying effectively. We're not talking about people who are not praying. Even though last week we saw that, you know, prayer has really disappeared from a lot of people's lives. It's a reality. Last week we were dealing with prayerlessness. And, you know, I want to thank God for the revival that he's bringing in my personal life, as far as my personal prayer life is concerned. And I want to believe that you are also experiencing a revival in your prayer life. Because if this series is just another nice series you are listening to, then I really, really, really think something is wrong. It is designed to cause you to pray. The disciples told the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. So why am I teaching on prayer? Because people have to be taught before they can pray. Prayerlessness is also a result of lack of teaching. It's because people are not taught on prayer. They don't know about the benefits of prayer. They don't know what happens when they pray. That's why they are, you know, neglecting prayer. So I believe that as you are learning more about the subject of prayer, you will begin to pray. Especially if you are listening to those teachings over and over again. Because faith comes by hearing. Faith to start praying has to come as I hear about prayer. If I don't hear about prayer, I will not have faith to pray. Therefore, I will continue living a prayerless life. Are you listening to me? This is very, very important. Now, last week we saw that, you know, there's a lot of prayerlessness going around. I mean, if you are honest with yourself, you will agree with me. You are really not praying as you should and as you could. Jesus said, pray. He told the disciples a parable to show that men ought always to pray. Always to pray. And I told you yes last week that it doesn't mean that you must be praying 24-7. Do you understand? That's what I used to think that it meant that, I mean, how can I, I mean, as I'm talking to you now, how can I be praying? Do you understand? Jesus meant to say, do not allow prayer to become a secondary thing in your life. Let it remain an issue of high priority. Even Jesus himself was not praying all the time. The times of prayers of Jesus are recorded clearly in the word of God. The rest of the time he was doing other things. He was healing the sick. He was teaching. He was doing other things. But he valued his prayer life. And he never allowed anything to take the prayer life away from him. So last week I told you, if you are too busy to pray, then you are definitely too busy. That is just the reality. If you are too busy to pray that in 24 hours that the Lord God gave you, you cannot find any time there to pray, something is wrong. So it's not time that is not there. It's priority and value that is not there. That is just the way it is. 
Because the same person who does not have time to pray, interestingly, has time to do a whole lot of other things. Psalm 73, verse 28, the Bible says, But it is good for me to draw near to God. It is good for me. Say with me, it is good for me to draw near to God. It is good. It is not a bad thing. It is good for me to draw near to God. And the word says, draw near to me. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Drawing near to God has got everything to do about prayer. And it is good to me to draw near to God. So this thing of, hey, please pray for me. You see, people cannot pray for you about everything. And that has been, you know, the cliche these days. Please pray for us. Yeah, please pray for me, oh, please. Remember me in your prayers. Pray for me. Well, there is a dimension where people have to pray for you. We saw that when somebody is sick, he must call the elders to come and pray for him. But David says, it is good for me to draw near to God. It is good. It is good when people are praying for me, but it is also very good for myself. It's good for me. It's good. It does good things to me when I draw near to God. It is good for me. It is good. Say with me, it is good for me. It is good. It might not be good for everybody, but it is good for me. That if I love me, I will draw near to God. Because it is good for me. It is good for me. It is good for me. It achieves a lot in my life. It is good for me. It helps me a lot to draw near to God. David understood it. It is good for me. It is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. It is not a burden. David never saw drawing near to God as a burden, as a liability, as an inconvenience. David saw it as a good thing. It's a good thing to draw near to the Lord. And that is my prayer for you. That drawing near to God will not be a hassle anymore. It will not be something we have to convince you about. Something you have to really train your mind first. It will be something you do naturally. And I showed you last week that God actually, by the Holy Ghost that lives in you and me, we, we are like prayer. We're supposed to be praying machines. By virtue of the presence of the Holy Ghost and by virtue of the fact that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that the temple of God is supposed to be the house of prayer. And by virtue of the fact that you are a priest, prayer should not be a problem. But Satan has convinced us it is hard for me to pray. It is difficult for me to pray. And David says, it is good for me to draw near. I see you drawing near. For this morning, I'm talking about another subject on the same you know, element of prayer. But I would like to start now dealing with effective prayer. So the title of my message is How to Pray Effectively. How to Pray Effectively. Because this series is about praying effectively. For the past two Sundays, I've dealt with the issue of prayerlessness and the importance of prayer itself. But it's about time we start entering into the business of prayer. So how, I want to pray. Now I am convinced I should pray. It is good for me to draw near to God. It is good for me. It is good for me. So now that I want to draw near, how do I go about it? What do I I need to start doing? Uh, Let me first start by saying to you this morning that praying, what does it mean to pray effectively? Because my, my, my subject is not how to pray. The series is not how to pray. The saying is how to pray effectively. So I'm not talking about prayer only. I'm talking about prayer that produces results. That's what I'm talking about. And you know, the reality is a lot of us have stopped praying, like I told you before, because our prayers are never answered. I mean, if you are honest with yourself, you will notice that most of your prayers are not answered. And that has brought a lot of discouragement to you. And you have so if your prayers were answered, you were going to be praying more often. 
that you noticed that you prayed about this, it was not answered. You prayed about that, it was not answered. So I said, what is the use? Let me try and go and do something for myself. That's why you stop praying. That's one of the reasons why people don't pray. Because most of their prayers are not answered. But there is a reason why your prayers are not answered, my brother. There's a reason why your prayers are not answered, my sister. And it's not because you are black. It is not because you are a woman. It is not because you don't go to church. No. The Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. So God does not have a certain group of people that this group are answered their prayers because they are pastors. Listen to me. A lot of pastors haven't received an answer prayer in the years since the 70s. Like, for the last prayer God answered was in the year 1970-something. And they are a pastor. So do ne- never think to yourself that because somebody is a pastor, God is answering their prayers. God is no respecter of persons. He told Cain, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? I did not accept the offering of your brother Abel because he was better than you. There are certain things he did. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? So we are here this morning to learn what is right. What can bring results? The same David, I love David when it comes to prayer. Remember last week he told us, I am a man of prayer. And today he's telling you, it is good for me to draw near to God. It is the same David in Psalm 121 verse 1. He says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? He answered himself, my help comes from the Lord. Now, listen to me. Praying effectively is praying so much so that help comes. Lifting your eyes is a sign of prayer. But as to whether or not help will come is another story. It is possible to lift your eyes to the heavens and there is no help coming. Praying effectively is learning how to secure help from above through your prayer. Learning how to pray in such a way that God sends help. Let me tell you something else. The world you and I are living in today, if we don't receive help from above, we are doomed. A lot of you listening to me right now and watching me right now, you know very well that everything you've tried hasn't worked. It's not, you are not at home because you haven't put CVs out. You did. You are not without a ring on your finger because you are not beautiful. You are. Oh no. You are not in the same position because you are not working hard. Some of you are working harder than other people but they are still getting ahead. Listen to me. At some point in your life, you will realize you need help. And that help has a location where it comes from. For those that are believers. Unbelievers have other locations for the help they're getting. But if, and, and that is the same thing about what I spoke about earlier regarding purity and holiness. You see, you will be saying, but pastor, I know a lot of people that are not living holy and they are, and they are succeeding. Yes, the Bible even talks about that. But are you one of those people? You are a child of God. You are talking about people who don't know God or people who claim to know God because if you really claim to know God, we need to check your life based on the life of Jesus Christ. If I'm doing things that Jesus didn't do, then there is a question mark on my knowledge of God. So just like you will say this morning, but uh, you know there are other people that don't even pray and their staff are, their staff are working. Are you one of those people? You need to decide where you belong because I'm, I'm here to help people who have realized only God can help them. And I'm here to help you secure the help of God in your life because the days and the seasons we are living in, I don't want you here tomorrow that you have backslidden, that you now have to go and sleep with somebody so that you can be taken care of simply because you couldn't secure the help of God. I don't want you here that you have lost your job because you needed to now start stealing so that you can meet ends meet. I want to help you this morning realize that you can remain a child of God and secure the help of heaven. And the way to do it is to learn how to pray effectively. 
effectively, not just pray. Now, prayer is one of the things that is widespread across the world. Everybody prays to some sort. Everybody prays. You know, anywhere you go, you say to people, let's pray, people will start talking. As for praying, people pray. But are they securing help from above with their prayers? That is what we are here to discuss. That is what we are here to discuss. So I'm going to take you today through a certain number of things that you should do to secure the help from above. So that when you lift up your eyes, it's not in vain. After you lift up your eyes, help comes. You will belong to that group, the Bible says, while they are yet speaking, I will answer. You will belong to the group of Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call unto me, and I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things, things you do not know. That is where you belong, not just prayers, answered prayers. Answered prayers. Come with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. We're going to read from verse 5. In this portion of scripture, as a result of a question the disciples of Jesus had asked him, teach us to pray. The same account is recorded in different gospels. I like the account of Matthew. Even though here particularly a disciple is not saying teach us to pray. That you find that in the book of Luke 11 verse 1. But here, it is the same account because it's talking about prayer, teaching them about prayer. And you find the same prayer of 11, Luke 11, you find the same prayer here in Matthew 6. So he's now answering to that request of teach us to pray. Show us how you're doing it. Are you listening to me? So I'm going to read this and then we're going to take the secrets that he gave them through this. How you can secure the help from above. And when you pray, Jesus speaking from verse 5, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their rewards in full. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask. Then if you keep reading down, he now gives them the formula of prayer, which we're going to deal with next Sunday, which I'm sure you guys know about our father who is in heaven. I'm now going to show you, he was not telling them to recite that prayer. He was giving them a formula on how to secure heaven's help. But let's start with the first instructions that he gave them. How do you secure help from above? How do you pray effectively? He kept saying, but when you pray, and when you pray. He was trying to show them, and he compares them with other people. If you've listened to what I was saying earlier, he spoke about the hypocrites and the pagans. Now, let's take just three laws of effective prayer that I could pick up. There are many. But let's, for for the sake of today, let's just work with three. Number one, to secure the help from heaven, or shall I say, to pray effectively, number one, do not be a hypocrite. We're starting now. If you're going to have prayers that will receive help from above, do you understand? That's the first thing he told them. Do not be, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. So it will interest you to know 
Who is a hypocrite? Am I making sense to you? So let's go to the dictionary, Maria Webster's dictionary, and let me describe to you, uh, let's define a hypocrite. This is not my definition. This is not the Bible definition. This is Mariam Webster definition of a hypocrite. It says, a hypocrite is the person who puts on a false appearance of virtue or religion. A person who puts on, he puts on a false appearance of virtue or religion. The second definition, a person who acts in contradiction to his or her stated beliefs and feelings. They act in contradiction. Like where they are inside is not what you are seeing outside. Or what they show outside is not who they are inside. That's a hypocrite. A hypocrite is somebody, simply put, is somebody whose words are not matching his thoughts and his heart. It's a fake person. A hypocrite is fake. A hypocrite is offering upset-minded prayers. Heartless prayers, prayers that are not involving their hearts. They are saying things, and, and, and see, and, and Jesus spoke about them in the book of Matthew 15, verse 8. He says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their hearts are far from me. A hypocrite, the Bible, the, we, we saw that is somebody who acts in contradiction with the state of their beliefs and their feelings. Where do you feel things from? From your heart. Where do you believe things from? From your heart. When you see, when the Bible talks about the heart, it's talking about your emotions, talking about your feelings and your thoughts. A hypocrite is always acting in contradiction. There's no connection between the heart and what you are seeing. Let us pray. There is no connection. They don't know. Like their heart is not involved. They are just babbling. And Jesus says, "Do not be like the pagans who are babbling things. They are just babbling, 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 thinking that by a lot of babbling they will be heard. They are just babbling. We have been trained to think that prayer is all about just talking, talking, talking. If it's not, let us pray. Oh, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. And people that are hypocrites, they like reciting things. They have books of prayer. They take the book and they start praying. The, 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 their emotions are not involved. They are just reciting something that has been handed unto them. And we have become proficient. We have even taken, even praying in tongues. We have turned praying in tongues into a babbling session. Where we're thinking that God will just hear anything I say because I'm speaking in tongues. I get it. The Bible says when you're speaking in tongues, you are speaking to God. But you must understand something. God wants to hear what you are saying. And what you are saying is not just your words. Even in, even in school, they teach you that communication is not just verbal. It's also non-verbal. Actually, non-verbal communication seems to be more powerful than verbal communication most of the time. So the things you don't say sometimes means more than the ones you are saying. So you can be standing there saying a lot of things, thinking that, and you know, I pray for two hours. I pray for three hours. No, you were just babbling for two hours. You were babbling for three hours. Your heart was not in it. As you were babbling there, you were thinking about other things. Your mind was somewhere else. You were not connected to what you were doing there. And you wonder why that prayer is not answered. Let me help you understand something. Let me help you understand something. Jesus says, do not be like the hypocrites. Why? Because these guys will stand there and pretend that they are something that they are not. Just so that they can be seen. Actors. Exactly. Because they say, people who act in contradiction. So they are actors. You know an actor? An actor is somebody who is playing a role that he is not in real life. So when I come to church, I ask prayer. 
But in my real life, there's no prayer. When I come to church, I act holiness. But in my real life, there's no holiness. When I come to church, I act purity. But in my real life, there's no purity. When I come to church, I act praying in tongues. But in my real life, there's no praying in tongues. I only do it in the church. And he explains why they do it. He says they do it for people to see them. That's the purpose. I want to achieve a degree of importance in the sight of these people. They need to know who I am. So I need to appear. The Bible says they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. So that form of godliness is powerless. There is no power in their lives. But they have a form of godliness, a form. Like when you look at it, it looks like it's prayer. It looks like it is intercession, but there's no power in it. Praying effectively. Praying effectively. You're going to pray effectively by the grace of God. As you are beginning to learn the secrets that Jesus is giving. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. The power of your prayer is connected to the heartbeat that you are are pumping. It's connected to your heartbeat. It's connected to your heart. It's not just what you say. If you remember well, in the book of Romans chapter 10, I think verse 19, Paul said, when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you are saved. Do you know what it means? Many people that have stood in front of the altar and confessed things are not saved. Because what they said with their mouth is not in connection with what they believe in their heart. So you cannot base yourself. That's why we take you through STS because we don't really think that you are understanding that when you stood there, this is what you meant. Many times it's just emotions. So you need to now come and attend a class where you are taught properly what it means to be born again, what is the assurance of salvation, what is water baptism. That's why these classes are important. Because it is through those classes that you can actually get a proper encounter with the Holy Spirit. The same David. I love David in this series. David 19.14 Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. It's not just the words of my mouth. It's the words of my mouth combined with the meditations of my heart that becomes acceptable. Not empty words, babbling words that mean nothing to you yourself. Words you will not remember after you say them. Mark eleven twenty three. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, so you are speaking to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. You see the mouth and heart connection again. But believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. In other words, that prayer will be answered. The prayer is answered when what I say with my mouth is in connection with what I believe in my heart. There's an alignment between my mouth and my heart. That's when the prayer is answered. That's when help comes from above. Praise the name of Jesus. 1 Samuel 16 verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. (laughs) People look at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. Are you listening? So when we look at you praying, Rabbi say, wow, that's a powerful prayer warrior. And you are even getting a reward because Jesus told us that you are getting your reward right there. After the service, somebody is going to come and say, wow. Mm. Ah, no. Ah, you are hammering in the spirit. Ah, you are sanitizing the, the demons today. You are sanitizing them. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, no, no, the, the atmosphere is cleared. The atmosphere is cleared. So you always feel the need to make noise for people to know you are praying. Even in the house. You can never pray calmly in your room. You must make noise. Then everybody in the house must be quiet. Especially when you open the door. You are not coming. Everybody just make way for you. 
flesh. Everybody makes eyes when you just make way. This is what is, and you see, that is your whole reward that day. That making a way for you, that buying before you, that greeting you. The Bible says that's your reward. Don't expect anything else from heaven. Heaven will never reward you for that prayer. Because it was not directed to heaven in any case. You were doing it for the people, for the people to see you. Now that the people have seen you and the people have congratulated you and adulated you, you have your reward. The prayer will not be answered. I'm speaking. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Isn't it interesting, therefore, that the same book of 1 Samuel, and you know it's important that Samuel is the one telling you this. Can I tell you why? Because this is how Samuel came into this world. The mother of Samuel, the Bible says in the book of Samuel chapter 1 verse 13, Anna was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. This is how Samuel came here. And it is the same Samuel, a few chapters later, that is telling, God is telling Samuel that, you see, you're very coming. It was a prayer from the heart. Don't be fooled by the appearance. The prayer that shakes heaven and moves heaven is not a lip prayer. It's a heartfelt prayer. It's a heartfelt prayer. Sometimes the heart is praying so much that the lips can't talk. It's not about what you are saying. It's about what you are feeling inside. And that's why these prayers are not answered because they are not from your heart. You are just joining the prayer group. You have just come and started praying with everybody because people are praying. You are also praying. I I mean, somebody just entered. They don't even, I mean, you don't even know where they are coming from. They just had a fight with the taxi driver. Now, the moment they enter the presence of the Lord, they don't even take time to adjust the temperature first. To immediately, you see, you see, you see that thing. You see that thing you are doing there. Just like that. Just like that. It's not from your heart. And that's why God does not look at it. Do not be like a hypocrite. The hypocrite are these people. The Bible says they are seeking the praises of men, not the praises of God. They are trying to draw the attention of men. But Paul says in the book of Galatians chapter 1 verse 10, am I now trying to seek the attention of men or the attention of God? If I were trying to please men, I will not be a servant of Christ. I will not be a servant of Christ if I was still trying to please people. So therefore, sometimes I will be in my room and the Holy Ghost doesn't want my voice to be heard at all. Yet I'm praying deep prayers. And nobody knows I'm praying. Because it's not about you. I'm not praying to you. I'm praying to God. Why do you always feel the need for your voice to be heard in the church meeting? And why are you always lifting your voice so that we can hear your voice as well? It becomes a competition of intonations. Sister so-and-so start, then sister so-and-so now also kick in. Like it becomes, she's overtaking her, and then when so-and-so also comes, and he start hammering his tenor and his bass. And then sister, it becomes a competition. It's no more prayer meeting. It's competition of, of tongues. This is what is going on. People are not connecting to God. They are competing among themselves. The Bible says they are not wise when they compare themselves with themselves. They are not wise. You are not wise. You are spending your time comparing your tongues with the other sister's tongues. And you are feeling that your tongues are not strong as her tongues. And before you realize you are trying to imitate her tongues. Meanwhile, the Holy Ghost gave you the tongues you have. And he wants to hear those tongues. Those are the tongues that will command the help of heaven. That you are comparing your tongues with another person's tongues, and you are discouraged, and you are you are just there now. These days you don't even pray. Somebody is being freed, Amen. and come out of this babbling, come out of this babbling that you are involved in. That's in making your prayers to not be effective. You are babbling things, you are repeating things, just repeating the same things. Now I don't have a problem with you praying the Lord's prayer if you are using it as a model. 
But know that this is my prayer for the day in the morning. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this our daily bread. Forgive us our trembles and forgive those who trap against us. For thine is the kingdom of the Amen. Amen. Listen to me. You are lost. In the afternoon before you pray, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. <laughs> my goodness. What's going on with you? In the night before you go to bed, our father, before our father was in heaven, our Lord be the name, that cannot come every day. These are pagans. Holy Mary Virgin, you are, you are holy. They repeat the same prayer throughout the day. We hail you, Holy Mary, Mother of Jesus Christ, this and this and this and this. It's not from the heart. Somebody is struggling with house rent that is not paid. Our Father is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Somebody is struggling with a sickness that is not being healed. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. You are lost. Stop. Tell your neighbor, stop babbling. Stop babbling. He never gave you that prayer as the, it's a model. He says, when you pray, pray in this manner, in this manner, in this manner. It is not pray like this. It's a pray in this manner. So it's, it's a system he's giving you. Let's continue. I'm, I'm going to talk about the Lord's Prayer next Sunday, so don't miss it. Next Sunday, you will learn what Jesus was meaning to say when he said pray in this manner. You will understand it. And it will change your prayer life forever. So we're saying here, number one, don't be like the hypocrites. Say with me, Lord Jesus, deliver me from hypocrisy. Deliver me from paganism. I am not a pagan. I am not a hypocrite. I will pray from my heart. I will speak from my heart. I refuse to say things that I'm not feeling in my heart. Empty words all day long. You don't mean it. You don't even hear. If somebody asks you after, what were you praying? You don't even remember what you were talking about yourself. Yourself. But God must, must answer it. Please. I want you to understand that you are dealing with a living God. Number two, go into your room. Go into your room. He is not dealing with that first problem of you trying to show things to people. He's not dealing with that matter of telling you, listen, let your motives be pure. Let your motives be, I want God to hear me, not people to hear me. So go into your room. Go into your room. Let it be intimacy. You see, your room represents a place of intimacy. If you are married, you know what I'm talking about. Even if you are not married, you will know that your room is not like a kitchen. There is a total difference between your room and your bathroom. Anybody that comes to your house can be in your living room. Some of them can go to your kitchen. But it's only a few that can go to your bedroom. Because that is where you sleep. That is where you die. Those who sleep are good as dead people. Are you listening to me? The Bible says that those that are asleep, but it means those that are dead. Your bedroom is like a place where you are the most vulnerable you can be. Because that is where you lose consciousness. Your most vulnerable spot is where he says, let's meet there. That is the place for some of you where you are building your dreams. All your children came from that bedroom. And he's saying to you, let's meet there. A place of intimacy. How many of you, when you are in your bedroom, you call everybody, oh, come and see me, I'm in my bedroom. Come and hear everything I'm saying in my bedroom. How many of you have put cameras in your bedroom for people from the living room to be watching you? I get you want people to see what you are doing. So why is it that you haven't put cameras in your bedroom when you are in your bedroom there? Some of you, you do very funny things in your bedroom. I'm sure you're aware of it. Sometimes you start dancing there. Nobody understands what you are dancing for. You are just dancing, dancing, dancing. Sometimes I also dance in my bed. I do my own things there. 
Everybody's doing their own things. But those are intimate things between me and the Lord. I don't want to share them with anybody. Just like when I'm in the bedroom with my wife, I don't want everybody to hear what I'm talking about. But why would you want everybody to always hear what you are saying to God? People must hear that I'm praying. Go to your bedroom. Stop trying to impress people. I know you sleep in that bedroom, but do you pray in that bedroom? It's a question. Number three, which is our last point. Close the door. Close the door. What does it mean to close the door? Cut the distractions. Clear the distractions. One of the greatest effective prayer stealer. Distractions. And one of the greatest distractors of your prayer life is your cell phone. Satan has given something into your hands. That is the reason why you can't even pray, number one. And when you try to pray, you can't pray effectively. You have to answer the calls. You have to check the WhatsApp. You'll be surprised. People are praying, but they are checking their statuses. They are praying, but they are answering WhatsApp messages. They are praying, and they are getting agitated over certain things they are seeing on social media. And they are praying. It's a prayer time. They are praying. As they are praying, they are socializing. As they are praying, they are, doing, they are interacting. No, your cell phone it has become one of the reasons why your prayer life has descended into oblivion. Your cell phone. That cell phone you see there. Let me tell you something. Shut the door. Shut the door. When I want to talk to my father, I put my cell phone most of the time on planet mode. Is it planet? Plane. Yeah. Fly, flight mode. Thank you. Flight mode. Because the world will not die for two or three hours and I'm praying. And I don't think if I was sitting in the house, in the office of the president of this country, talking to him, I would be taking calls. I don't think so. But I'm there, and then after everything, uh, excuse me, Mr. Cyril Amaposa. Uh, uh, okay? No, give him 3,000. Give him 3,000. I'll call you after. I'm, I'm here with the president. You are in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are busy taking calls. Stupid calls. You are taking calls over. Mozaba apples or Mozaba tomato. Eh. I think, I think we got some tomato yesterday. Try mango, eh? Try mango, okay? And I'll see you after, eh? Amen. Okay, thank you. Riba, shaba, baga, 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 baga. You are taking calls while you are on call with your master. You are, you are checking Facebook. Shebre, debre, sete, prekente, pe, shi, 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 ribebe. And you are thinking, you are, you are, and you are saying you are praying. You are praying. You are praying. This is what we do. This is what we do. The whole time you are on your phone and you are saying you are praying. Today, closing the door does not just mean that door from your room. It's also that. But the main thing is these distractions. And one of them, the biggest stealer of your prayer life is your cell phone. Let me tell you that today, that the biggest other is your TV. Because some, some of us, we are, we are praying and we are watching TV. And we are watching soccer. Brasha prakapa. Hey, 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 hey. She pe 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 pe. Le baga baga ba. Hebre hebre hebre. Hebre hebre hebre. Hebre hebre. Hey, hey. Hey la gaga. Hey la gaga. Ooh. The angel is saying this guy is crazy. This is crazy. And after that. When your, your leader asks you, how many hours? Oh, three, 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 three. Three hours. 
You know, sometimes I used to see the report, people are claiming they pray to I say, this person, when we meet for prayer meeting, they cannot sustain prayer for 10 minutes. But they are claiming they were praying for three hours. They cannot sustain concentration and pray for 10 minutes. They'll, they'll start going to the toilet every five minutes. The toilet. I don't know what they are doing in the toilet. And they, they pray, then they go to the toilet. Then they come back, then go to the toilet. Either you are saying, you cannot be going to the toilet continuously, even the toilet is getting tired. But you are coming here too much. You are supposed to be praying there. You are forever flashing, flashing. But what are you flashing? You should be flashing your problems there in the prayer meeting. You should be flashing your problems. You are here flashing water for free, flashing water. And because you are not paying it. You are not even paying the water. Lord, help us. Four ways to eliminate distractions from your prayer life. Number one, pray at night or at dawn. Pray at night. Or at, you will believe with me that most people sleep at night. Chances of people calling you at night are very slim. Chances of people chatting with you on social media are very, very close to nothing. So when you pray at night, you have already eliminated a lot of distractions that were coming your way. Mark 1, 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. <laughs> you must get up. Very early. Very early. While it was still dark. Some of us claim that as long as it's dark, I have the right to keep my eyes closed. I will only open them when the sun starts shining. As long as it is dark, I have the right to be on this bed. Jesus got up left the house. You must leave that bed sometimes. If you, if you don't, you see, after you get up, if you get up and you stay in the bed, before you realize, you'll be back down. So when you don't have the discipline of getting up and being in this, do what Jesus did. Jesus got up, he left the house. Get up, leave the bed. Sometimes leave the room where you are in because that room is a distraction. As long as you are seeing that bed and it's getting a bit cold and you are seeing that nice blanket looking at you and say, shame. I mean, you mean you're just going to leave me here like this? Then you will feel like, hey, I'm just going to, you know, you know, Holy Spirit, I'm just going to go inside small and but I will pray, I will pray, I will pray, I will pray. Before you realize, you are somewhere in class 17. He went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Isaiah 26 verse 9. With my soul, I have desired you in the night. With my soul, I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early. With my soul, I have desired you in the night. Do you desire God in the night? What are your night desires? What what are your night desires, my brother? What do you desire in the night? Isaiah says, with my soul, I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early in the morning. Do you see how the people of old manage to keep it going. You do it either at night or at dawn. The moment is daytime. If you don't have certain discipline, some people can manage during the day. But I'm telling you, the distractions will be too much. The kids will come, your husband will call, your wife will call. There are so many demands before you realize you haven't prayed. You haven't prayed. Number two, how do I destroy the distractions? Pray with a strong prayer partner. Pray with a strong prayer partner. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, chapter 4, verse 9 to 10 says, Two are better than one. Yes, you must understand this reality. 
There are certain things that you cannot defeat if you are alone. No matter how you want to defeat them, they will not be defeated. Because two are better than one. Some of your prayer life could change totally if you could stop praying alone. The reason why your prayer life is as there's no prayer is because you are always praying alone. And when you are praying alone, that enemy of sleep, that enemy of distraction, that enemy of your cell phone. You see, when you are praying with a strong prayer partner, he's checking you up. He's pushing you from time to time. He will not allow you to be on your phone answering calls when you are supposed to be praying together. He will, he, his presence is going to push you to pray. Even when you are feeling weak, when you hear his voice, you will be encouraged to pray also. Have a prayer partner. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up. When he falls asleep, that's what he's trying to see. See, when you fall asleep, <laughs> there's no one to say, hey, hey, hey. So when you fall, you are falling asleep. And there's nobody there to shake you. Acts 16 verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas, not Paul alone, Paul and Silas were praying. You need to have a prayer partner. Come out of this, listen, there are times when you have to pray alone. We spoke about that, enter your room, close the door. But for you to really pray effectively, you must understand when you have so many enemies like this, you need to get a prayer partner. You need to get a prayer partner. And the Lord gave us a beautiful promise as I'm closing, Matthew 18 verse 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Not if one, if two. If two. If two. He says if two of you agree on earth concerning anything Wow, talking of effectiveness in prayer. Getting results. Getting results. I've been praying for this job issue. Now I need to get somebody as a prayer partner. Let, um, I, want to, I want to agree with somebody in prayer. You know, these are kingdom secrets. These are kingdom secrets that you must not learn to engage. You've been praying alone. It's time to find a prayer partner. Somebody to pray with. And that person, if you are married, your prayer partner should be your wife or your husband. That it, look, listen to me. You cannot tell me that you are sleeping with this person in the same bed, but your prayer partner is another sister in the church. So you leave your wife sleeping, then you take your phone. Sister Sophie. Sister Sophie. Prayer time. Prayer, prayer time. Prayer time. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Sister Sophie, prayer time. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's burn the devil. Let's burn demons today in Australia. What are you talking about? Your wife is lying there, or your husband is lying there. You are calling Brother Jeffrey. Brother Jeffrey. Number three, pray with prayer points. Pray with prayer points. Have prayer points. Praise God. You know why? Because when you pray in tongues for a while, you, your mind starts, you see, the Bible says, when I pray in the tongues, my mind is unfruitful. And if I don't have the capacity to keep my mind focused for a long time, before you realize I'm still praying in tongues, but my mind has started taking me places. When I constantly have prayer points I'm hitting, it brings my mind on what should happen. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Your request, with S at the end, it means there must be different requests. It means I must have requests. I should have points. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with understanding also. Some of you cannot pray with understanding for 30 minutes. In fact, for 10 minutes. You must switch back to tongues. Pray with understanding will involve your mind to be actively involved. And this will bring you 
to be concentrated, to be focused. When you are only praying in tongues, it is very important, don't get me wrong, and I'm going to teach about praying in tongues the last Sunday, because it's one of the effective ways to pray. But I'm telling you that Paul says, I will pray with tongues, but I will pray with my understanding also. So how come you never pray with understanding? I will sing with tongues, and I'll sing with my understanding also. One of the ways for you to pray with understanding is to turn all the series points into prayer points. When pastor is teaching, you are making notes of the series points. Every series point, you turn it into a prayer point. That is how the series become a part of you. But when you are just watching, you are not taking notes, you are not jogging down things. You see, take your notes and take every point on those notes, make it a prayer point. And I'm going to show that that is going to be such a blessing in your life because I have found that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, the Bible says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it. But God is the one who is making it to grow. Meaning the results is coming from God. Pastor Pascal planted the seed in my heart. But I need to water the seed. How do you water the seed? With prayer. The seed is the word and the rain is prayer. So I take the seed, maybe uh, uh, do not be a hypocrite. That's the, the seed that was sent to me. It's a point. Father, help me to not be a hypocrite in my prayer life. Father, I pray against the spirit of hypocrisy. You see, I'm now watering that seed. And what will be the result? God is going to bless that prayer, and I will not be a hypocrite. He will bring the increase. Lastly, pray with a forgiving heart. Mark eleven twenty-five to 26. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Brothers and sisters, effectiveness in prayer demands forgiveness. Do you know why you need to forgive people quickly for you to be effective in prayer? So that your mind is not totally blocked in those issues. Because you see, your heart is involved in the prayer. But forgiveness and unforgiveness happens in the heart. So you are trying to use your heart to generate prayer power. But it is the same heart that is hating this one, that is offended at that one, that is hurt by this other one. So every time you are trying to pray, Satan just reminds you of what those people did. And your prayer life keeps getting hijacked and paralyzed. He just uses thoughts of what they said, what happened. But when you have forgiven them, it's no more an issue. He cannot use that against you in your prayer time. So your prayer can be effective. That's why you need to forgive. It's not just because you you are not being stupid when you forgive. You're actually being very wise. I don't want this thing to hinder my prayer time. And that is the last verse we're going to look at. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 7. Peter was telling the, the husband, he says, In the same way you husband must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Hence I was saying that your wife should be your prayer partner. Or your husband. Then the end of us saying, treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Do you see that? So your prayers, your prayers will not be hindered. Most problems you see in couples and marriages, Satan is after their prayers. What Satan is after is not just making you guys fight, he's after the prayer. He wants to hinder your prayer life. He wants to hinder your prayers so that you will be praying, but there will be no results. When you are seeing your prayers are not being answered, check, am I holding somebody in my heart? Have I forgiven the people that have hurt me? No wonder it is included in the prayer, you know, sample of Jesus. Forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, somebody. And begin to ask God for grace. Grace to tap into effectiveness in prayer.
First of all, thank God for what you have learned today. I'm sure God has spoken to you. Open your mouth and begin to thank him right now, wherever you are. Thank him right now. Lord, I thank you for speaking into my heart today. Lord, I thank you for showing me a better way to pray. Indeed, I can become a better prayer warrior if I learn how to pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. Go ahead now and ask him to empower you to apply what you have learned today. Ask him to empower you to apply it. Do not forget it. Ask the Holy Ghost to remind you of what you have learned today so that you can apply it in your personal life. You're going to need a prayer partner. Lord, who is my prayer partner? Who is going to be my prayer partner? When are we going to meet to pray? Where are we going to meet to pray? The Bible says Peter and John went to the temple at the hour of prayer. So Peter and John were prayer partners. Jesus had three prayer partners. Peter, James, and John. Do you understand? So you need to have people you can pray with. People you can pray with. We spoke about being a hypocrite. Do you, do you identify with that? Ask God to help you today. Your prayer life can change. There can be a transformation. But you're going to need the grace of God. Je presente precalamando. Je presente precado Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we have given thanks. This morning, I would like to help somebody connect to the Father. Listen to me. We have seen that verse. If you stand praying and you remember that you have something against somebody, forgive them. Can I tell you something? Or may I ask you a question? Is your life right with God? Have you received forgiveness from God? or you are still in your sins? Are you in a right relationship with God today, right now? Meaning, if you were to leave this world today, will you make it to heaven? If there is a doubt in your heart, listen to me. Don't try to explain yourself. Don't try to justify yourself. We all start like that. Let me tell you something. There's nothing good in me. Anything good in me is the work of God. So, If you know, deep down your heart, that things are not right between you and God, you need his forgiveness today. He wants to forgive you. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. If you are watching this and you are not born again, you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to count up to three. I'm going to ask you to raise your right hand high so I can pray with you. One, Two, three, please raise your right hand high. God bless you. God bless you. You are saying, I want to be born again. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Please take your hands down. Now, you are already born again, but just what we've learned today, you can clearly see I have become a hypocrite. I'm no more living a real life. I'm fake. I pretend to be what I'm not. I have a form of godliness, but I lack the power that sustains it. Listen to me. You don't need to live that type of life. Why go for the fake when the real is there? Come back to the Father today. Let him help you. You are saying, I want to come back to God. I want to recommend my life to Jesus. At the count of three, please raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise it up. Don't be ashamed. Raise it up. God bless you. God bless you. Please, all of you that have raised your hands, would you please pray this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me on the third day you rose again that I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. 
friend, if you have prayed that prayer from the bottom of your heart, the Son of God has entered your heart. Nothing shall ever be the same. But let me tell you something. For you to really become a strong Christian like we sang this morning, you're going to have to join a church, a Bible-believing church. You're going to have to really commit your life and let us disciple you. Let somebody help you grow. Discipleship is all about learning from another person. We have all grown to some degree, and the little you have grown, you can help somebody else grow. And that is what I'm going to challenge all of us in this ministry. If I don't see your disciples, something is wrong with your heart. Let help us disciple you. We want to help you. Now, let me pray for Father, in Jesus' name, all those that your grace has brought this morning, let the same grace sustain them. Let the same grace help them. I pray that they will be totally free from the power of sin and that they will really find their place in your house. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together for every single person that has turned to God today. Thank you, Lord. Well, we're going to share the grace of the Lord. Remember, don't miss next Saturday. Next Sunday, I mean. It's going to be powerful. Next Sunday, I'm going to take you to the Lord's Prayer. You're going to learn so much from it. And it's going to transform your prayer life. But as for now, make sure every day you wake up either at night or at dawn, if that works for you. I mean, if the day works for you, fine. But if you know that there are distractions during the day, then trust God for grace to start waking up at night to pray. Let's share the grace of the Lord together. One, two, three, let's go. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. 2021, my year of preaching the word, I will go somewhere, I will preach somewhere, I will lead someone to Jesus Christ. So help. Put your hands together for Jesus. Remember, we are allowed to give life. We'll see you next Sunday. Bye-bye. Go somewhere. Preach somewhere. Go somewhere. Preach somewhere. Go somewhere. Preach somewhere. Go somewhere. Go somewhere. Preach somewhere.